Employment Hour anytime, 1-855-821-5900. Help at employmenthour.com. If you've never heard the show, you're not familiar with your employment rights, your workplace rights, this is the show for you. Come on in, water's warm. We've been doing this for about, what, six, six and a half years so far, and a lot of people have had their eyes opened. And they've also gone to severancepaycalculator.com. I'll talk about that right now before we get into and refer to it. Numerous times during the show, that's the place you want to go when you uh, want to find out how much severance you are actually owed, your common law rights, not the... uh, not the ESA rights, the uh, the employment board. We'll get to that and all that in more detail. But, Lior, we always start every show with uh, something that's been happening at the firm, uh, more specifically on your desk with the week that was. What is going on? Actually, last week, John, we, we had their, our busiest, busiest week, I should say, ever uh, in terms of number of people contacting us. And, and that's great because it means that what we're doing here is working. We're reaching people. People are understanding that there's there's rights that they have, that there's entitlements that they have, and that they shouldn't just walk away from them. So if you're listening to us right now, hopefully over the, over the next hour or so, we're going to educate you a bit about your Great. employment law rights, about the, the issues that you may be facing in your workplace, what to do with them, how to solve them, and, and certainly to, to explain to you what the law says in terms of solving those workplace problems. Employment law is very important. It affects all of us. We all have jobs. We all spend a lot of time at work. We spend more time at work than we do spending time with our family. It's, it's that big a deal. It's that important. So tune in right now. And of course, if you want to talk to me uh, personally, privately, we'll give you my contact information throughout the show today. Don't hesitate to reach out. Happy to talk. No, no such thing as bad questions. And the week that was, Johnny, when uh, I talk about a couple of situations that came across my desk over the past few days. Uh, first uh, matter, I, I got a call from a gentleman that found himself in a very difficult situation and, and a frustrating one. His employer was asking him to fudge invoices to clients. Uh, he was, uh, you know, an honest guy, hardworking guy. He, he invoiced clients for his time, and I guess the company wasn't doing so well. And they said, "We need you to 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 fudge those numbers, to increase those numbers, so you can bill more." So even though you may have spent ten hours, we need you to bill for twelve and a half. Wow. Uh, he said, "No, not going to do that. That's that's wrong." And the company essentially backed off. Well, a couple of weeks later, they come back this time even more aggressively, saying, "No, no, we have to have you do that. You have no choice. Do it." Uh, he, he got into an argument with them and, and kind of left for the day and he called me and he wanted to know what are my options here. Well, John, clearly you don't need an employment lawyer like myself to tell you that you shouldn't be doing that. It's illegal. Sh- it's illegal. It's illegal. It's illegal. You, you shouldn't be doing something that's illegal, immoral, unethical. If your company is asking you to do something that's wrong, that's objectively wrong, you can say no and you should say no. So that's very, very clear. That's easy. Now, the fact that the company is actually making these demands of him is a problem. The company shouldn't be putting him in that situation, shouldn't be asking him to do something illegal. Yeah, be obedient. After, well, can you imagine? Yeah. That's a terrible situation. Yeah. But just by doing that, John, they're actually creating a constructive dismissal situation. They're putting him in this difficult, uncomfortable, improper situation, and he can now potentially leave and get his severance because of their behavior. So if your employer is asking you to do something that's wrong, demanding things of you that you shouldn't be doing, or even trying to get you to do things that are not part of your job, okay, that could easily become a constructive dismissal, which may mean you can leave with your full compensation, full severance. If that happens, call me before you do anything. But remember, you shouldn't ever do things that are illegal. doesn't matter what the company says or even if they threaten you. Yeah, what's the old expression, right? Morality is doing what's right regardless of what you're told. Obedience is doing what you're told regardless whether it's right. Good. You yeah. know? I think that it's applies so here, and that's very smart. Uh, so smart, true. Smart line. one 821 5900 help at employmenthour.com. Revisiting the Ten Commandments of Termination of Employment. How about that? You are the, uh, the Moses of oh employment gosh. law. 
Yeah, well, I, I don't know about that, but I'll I'll I'll, uh, I'll pretend for the next uh, forty-five minutes or so, and we want to talk about some some I, I call those commandments, but yep. you know they're rules. Yep. There's things that if you abide by, then you're not going to compromise your legal rights. You're not going to find that later on that you've made a mistake, and because of that, you've lost something. So I call them commandments because they're important. There's no 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 religious connotation here, of course, but they're very very important rules, and if you follow those, you're going to avoid many problems later on. This first one out of the gate is a is a preemptive one. That is, thou shalt think about termination when accepting a new job. Not at the end, when accepting a new job. And for some people, that may sound absurd. So wait a second, Leo. You're telling me that I should think about the termination of employment before I've even started working? <laughs> right. What are you talking about, man? Well, no. That's exactly what you should be doing. Why? Because that's when your employer is thinking about it. How do we know that? Because they're going to often ask you to sign an employment agreement that's going to stipulate what you get if you lose your job. And usually that employment agreement is going to try to limit your termination entitlements. So what may may happen if you sign that agreement is five, ten years from now when you're let go, you're going to find out that because of that agreement that you signed, you now lost tens of thousands of dollars. So the time to think about termination is now. So look at your employment agreement. Look at your job offer letter. Is there something in it that references termination? If there is, I can almost guarantee you it's bad news. I can almost guarantee you that what it does is it limits your entitlements, Mm -hmm. okay? So you have to pay attention to that. If there's nothing about termination, you're probably good. It means there's nothing limiting you. That's what you want. Or even better, John, if there's no employment agreement at all. Just a handshake. That's a handshake. I'm happy. You should be happy. Go start working. Have a a good time. It's great. But if your employer is going to think about termination now, you have to think about it now as well. Negotiate proper terms because, John, if you don't care about it now, you're going to pay later. We'll get to another one, the uh, the commandments of termination. Number two, thou shall give up your future termination rights after you start working. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So, so the, the corollary for this is, If you're a happy guy, you did not limit your entitlements when you started working. You didn't sign an employment agreement that limits you. So now you've been working for a while. Now the company comes to you and says, we want you to sign an agreement. And by the way, this agreement probably limits your termination entitlements. So that's another commandment. You don't want to give up your termination entitlements after you started working. So if your company comes to you and says, we want you to sign a new agreement, be very concerned. There's no reason for the company to do that unless that agreement is a lot better for the company, which means it's much worse for you. Right. And one of the things I almost guarantee it does is it limits your termination entitlements. So say no. Well, you may actually want to review it by, with me to make sure that, that uh, it says those bad things that I mentioned. But beyond that, you can say no. You do not have to sign an employment agreement once you started working. Don't give up your rights because you signed that agreement and later on they fire you or they let you go or there's a restructuring. You've potentially now lost on many thousands of dollars in severance. Don't let that happen. That's the second commandment. If you do decide to sign that, uh, that agreement mid-employment, is, don't they have to give you something for it? Do you have to be throwing a bone for doing it? And if they don't, is it still binding? Well, here's the thing. You're absolutely right. It's not actually binding. So it's not enough. If you've already started working, it's not enough for you just to sign an employment agreement and all of a sudden it becomes binding. No. Right. You have to get something in return for signing it. A promotion, a signing bonus, a pay increase, extra vacation. A new car. A new, a new, everyone gets new cars. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Anything at all. Anything you wouldn't have had otherwise. And if you get that, it's enforceable. If you just signed an agreement and you didn't get it anything in return, it's not enforceable, and that's a good thing because that means you're not going to be bound by the bad terms in that agreement. 
The 10, or these not more than 10, or is it 10? Huh? We might go a it's little 10. deeper. It's 10? It's 10 commandments determination? All it right, is. we're going to keep it. To, we could probably do 110, but we're going to keep it to 10. We'll take a short break, though, before we get right back into it. The contact, one 821 5900 and help at employmenthour.com. It's the Employment Hour right here on Global News Radio. It is time for you to reach out anytime, one 855 2-1-5900, help at employmenthour.com. The first place you go, as you know, if you're wondering what your severance should be and you're, uh, you've either got a severance offer in front of you, you think one's coming down the pike, or you just want to know for interest sake, that is severancepaycalculator.com. We are in the middle of the list, or at least actually we're at the top, uh, top three of the list. As we get into the Ten Commandments of Termination for Employment, number three on the list, brother, is thou shall respond to any negative reviews or discipline. You, you shall respond. That yep. is the third commandment. That is the thing you have to do. If you get a negative review, if you get a bad performance review or, or a disciplinary letter saying, you know, don't do this or else, you have to deal with it. You have to respond to it. You can't just accept it unless, of course, you know, you, you acknowledge that it's completely legitimate, that you screwed up, that there's nothing that you can say to explain it, then that's fine. But if you're not agreeing 100% with it, if there's a, some context that you need to provide, do so, and do so in writing. Put that in writing. Don't just accept it. Silence is the same as saying, I accept. Right. Silence is the same as saying, I agree. Don't let that happen to you. Put your position in writing. Give them the information that you feel that they need to have because by doing that, you're going to make it much more difficult for them to let you go, and you're probably going to eliminate the possibility of being let go for cause. In other words, you, you would essentially be guaranteed your full severance. So a third commandment, respond to negative reviews. Respond to disciplinary letters. If you do that, you preserve your rights. Even in not the the immediate time frame, I guess a couple of years or several years down the road, when they go to let you go and you didn't respond, well, you did have those string of bad performance reviews back in 2011. Yeah, right? which now you're considered to have accepted, right. by the way. Right. So don't let that happen. Yeah. If you haven't accepted, if you've provided context, then they can't just say, well, we, we warned you. Well, you warned me, but I told you what actually happened, so it's not as easy as that for your company to rely on. It. The Ten Commandments of Termination of Employment, number four, should be fairly obvious, but we'll still go through it. Thou shall not commit serious workplace misconduct. Well, you know what? The, it, it is a commandment, and, and that's very simple. If you want to preserve your rights, if you don't want to lose your job, if you don't want to be fired for cause, don't commit serious misconduct, okay? Be reasonable, be mindful. There are rules, there are regulations you have to follow in the workplace. And listen, no one's perfect. I wish I could say that I've always done everything completely right. No, I haven't. But you know what? We, there's a line and there's a line no one should cross. And that also leads me to a point about termination for cause. Unless you do commit serious misconduct, you cannot be let go for cause. You cannot be let go for cause just because you screwed up, okay? It would have to be pretty darn bad what you did in order for you to be let go for cause. So the commandment is simple. Don't do that. Don't give the company to let you or the right to let you go for cause. And if they try, if what you did is not bad or you didn't do it and they're still letting you go for cause, that's a wrongful dismissal. Call me. Let's make sure we deal with it because at that point, it's not just about severance. It's about correcting the record. You don't want there to be uh, a blemish on your work history right. where you were let go for cause because how are you going to find another job? We need to essentially rewrite that history, agree with the company that there wasn't cause so that down the road, you're not going to be in trouble finding another job. one 821 5900 Help at employmenthour.com to reach out anytime. We are talking about the Ten Commandments of Termination of, of Employment. Number five is thou shalt always keep copies, absolutely, of all relevant documentation. So important. And that is a commandment. That is something that you always have to do. If there's an email, a document, a letter, a memo, a policy that's relevant to your employment, that, that 
that speaks to issues that are important, keep a copy. You may not need it now, but you never know when you may need it Just later keep a on. folder. Keep a folder at home with absolutely. all the stuff in it, right? Yeah. Now, by the way, I don't want you to take in confidential information from your employer. Right. Absolutely not. But if you've been sent an email from your employer or there's a policy or a handbook that you have to follow, have a copy of it. You can use it later on to refer to it if you need to. But if there's ever a problem, they accuse you of something, they let you go. If you have those documents, it makes it so much easier to deal with it rather than say, well, I know that there was an email that they sent me that, that explains everything, and the company says, we don't know anything about it. Well, I kept a copy. I have it. So be smart. Be, be uh, uh, mindful of these things. There's never, uh, it's never a bad idea to keep things, okay? Have a folder, have a binder, have uh, something in your home office where you keep important documents related to your workplace. Uh, if you're not sure if you should keep something, keep it anyway. Can't ever go wrong doing that. Same goes, I guess, for keeping all the responses and the chain of emails that go back and forth between you and your employer. If you disagree with something, keep it all. If you're dealing with a workplace problem, maybe harassment, mistreatment, uh, t- negotiating terms with your boss, mm. with HR, there's going to be some back and forth. You, by the way, you always want to have that in writing. Keep copies of it. Right. Keep copies so later on you're not getting into a he said, she said situation. If someone tells you something verbally, confirm that back to them in writing and then keep a copy. Having that record is so important, it's going to make resolving down the road any problems that much easier. It just it, it becomes making it habitual. Just got to be a habit to keep all that stuff, right? It's so important. And, and yeah. for a lot of people, it's not natural. Uh, you know, we don't think we need it. And you don't think you need it because right now things are good. But you always have to – the reason I'm as busy as I am is because sometimes right. things go sideways, okay? Yeah. They, they don't always end up uh, well. So you have to be prepared for that. And the first step is keeping important documents. We are talking about the 10 commandments of termination of employment. We'll get to uh, 6 through 10 after we take a short break. You want to reach out uh, now or when the show is not on the air in between. one 821 5900 Email is help at employmenthour.com. And again, if it's just for interest sake or maybe you really need it and we're wondering, severancepaycalculator.com to find out what you are truly owed. We'll get to more list as we continue here in Employment Hour on Global News Radio. one 821 5900 is a number anytime. Get a hold of uh, Lior, member of the team. Email as well, help at employmenthour.com. Keep both those on your phone. And if you haven't tried it yet, uh, simply you can do it on your phone, your desktop, your tablet, severancepaycalculator.com. That will tell you what your severance should be. Do not sign anything. Even if you're just interested, check it out. It's absolutely free and takes about uh, you know, 15, 30, 30 seconds possibly to go through severancepaycalculator.com. We continue with uh, number six through 10 on the 10 commandments of termination of employment. Number six, yep. Thou shall keep records of important events. Uh, I assume we're talking about company Christmas party, the boat cruise. No. No, you don't look like you're confirming that at no, all. No, I'm not confirming okay. that. What, what we're talking about here is any any important meeting. We talked about that right before the break, but yeah. any important meetings that you've had with your boss, uh, any discussions you've had about the terms of your employment, keep records of that. You know, sometimes employers may say, well, we, we plan on giving you a pay raise next year, and then uh, there's no record of that, and later say, what, where's my pay raise? And they say, well, what pay raise? I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, November 20th at 10 a.m., you told me. Exactly. Right. And I know that because here's a record of nice. that. Nice. So keep a record or send an email confirming things. Keep record not just of, of documents but of events, of meetings, of things that are said. It's so important to do that because later on you're going to need it. Uh, and certainly if you don't end up needing it, you know, you consider yourself lucky. Uh, but if you need it, you're going to be so glad you have it. And when you contact me to help you resolve a problem and you can give me those documents, I'm a happy guy because you've just made it much easier for me to help you. You can imagine the difference between, okay, that's that's a pretty serious allegation there, uh, Bill. When did it happen? It was sometime in 2017 where yeah. Bill goes, you know what? It happened, it happened on October 3rd. And I'll tell you it was 11 a.m. because I was about to go for lunch. I have it in my day timer. Like, How nice is that? Awesome. 
How nice is that? You right. do that, you're going to make it that much more difficult for people to take advantage of you, to deny things that have happened. Right. It's a great strategy. If you can do that, and you should do that, it's one of the commandments, you're going to be a lot better off. Commandment number seven with uh, termination of employment, thou shall not get advice from your na- Oh, that neighbor Steve. Can't stand Steve. Yeah, Bob's not much better, by the way. <laughs> no. uh, but you, you really have to know who you're getting advice yeah. from. The reason why we started this show all these years ago, John, is because I spoke with so many people that by the time they contacted me, it was too late because back when they should have contacted all the me, Steves. they got the advice from the Steves and the Bobs uh, yeah. of the world who meant well, who wanted to help them, but were not equipped to do so. So don't get advice about your, your rights from your, your neighbor. Don't get advice from your uncle or your cousin. You have to. You don't like me? Speak to another employment lawyer, but you have to speak with your employment lawyer. If you had a ser- serious medical condition, you wouldn't be calling your cousin Steve and say, hey, should I be worried about it? You're going to be going to see a doctor. Well, if you have a problem at work, if, if that problem doesn't resolve, you have to get some legal advice to understand your rights. And sometimes these things can be time sensitive. If your employer is changing the terms of your employment, for example, and you take too long to get that advice, it's going to be too late. You're going to be considered at some point to have accepted those changes. So don't get advice from sources that are not reputable. Uh, go to severancepaycalculator.com if you lost your job. If you have other issues, go to terminationquestions.com, another website that I created, or just call or email me. Make it easier on yourself. There's so many easy resources because, you know, it's funny if you, if you ask people about, you know, I got a noise in my car, they'll say, oh, it's probably this, but then they'll doubt themselves. Or if it's something, you know, I got a bump on my back, they might say it might be this, but they'll doubt themselves. But if you say, how much of my old severance? They, my father-in-law they did this. He was absolutely sure. He was dug in his heels. It's two weeks per year. Yeah, there's, said, no, there's no doubt there. And, yeah. and, and there should be that because it's, it's wrong. Yep. It's absolutely wrong. Yep. You and I would not be speaking about this on the radio six years later if it was that straightforward, if people knew this information. So no, you can't just get advice from anyone. Uh, speak with an employment lawyer. Like I said, you don't like me? Fine, speak to another employment lawyer. But speak to someone that knows what they're doing. Make sure that you, you have a chance to address your workplace problems on time. Again, one 821 5900 help at employmenthour.com. The Ten Commandments of Termination, number eight. Uh, thou shall assume that your severance offer is inadequate. Yes. That's pretty safe. It's pretty safe. safe. So if you're walking out of a boardroom now where they handed you a, your severance papers, I can tell you, you know, I don't even have uh, mentalist types powers, but I can tell you, that, John, that offer is not good. Mm-hmm. That offer is inadequate. And you should know that. You should assume that because for the vast majority of people, for 9 out of 10 people, and I'm being conservative here, it's not good. It's not even close to being good. And why should you always assume that? Because if you assume that, you're going to do the right thing. You're going to inform yourself about your actual entitlements. If you assume that it was fine, you're not going to bother. You're just going to sign off on the letter and move on, not realizing that you're probably walking away from tens of thousands of dollars in severance. So go to severancepaycalculator.com, reach out to me, reach out to another employment lawyer if you absolutely want to, that's fine, but always assume that your offer is inadequate because it probably is, and not inadequate to the tune of a couple thousand dollars, Mm -hmm. usually to the tune of tens of thousands of dollars. And how satisfying is that on the radio show when you get phone calls saying, you know what, I have an offer here, and I thought I was going to sign it, but I heard your show last week, dot, 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 and then they end up saving themselves or earning themselves thousands of dollars. It's very satisfying, but what's uh, a lot more frustrating someone says, oh, I just heard your show, but I just signed off last week on my severance package. Can I do something about it? And I have to say, sorry, I can't help you. Once you signed, it's too late. And I say, well, I didn't know or I felt the pressure. Still, you cannot get out of it. So don't let that happen to you. The commandment is very simple. Assume, as soon as you have that letter in hand, the severance letter, assume that it's inadequate. 
which now means you have to, it's your job to inform yourself as to what that offer actually should be. 10 Commandments of Termination. We'll get to the top two after we take a short break. The number 1-855-821-5900 and help at employmenthour.com. It's the Employment Hour. This is Global News Radio. The number, anytime. Get a hold of the team at Lior's office or Lior himself, 1-855-821-5900. Help at employmenthour.com. The uh, top two of the 10 Commandments of Termination, number nine right here, thou shall not sign. <laughs> don't it's, don't sign and, and by the way that doesn't necessarily even apply to severance letters only so with severance letter it's obvious no. don't sign okay there's going to be a deadline every severance letter has a deadline so we need you to sign this within two days five days by friday whatever the deadline whatever the pressure that you're feeling and, and by the way you're going to feel pressure don't sign because once you sign it's too late and the reason i say don't sign as i said before the break it's because that offer is probably terrible in yeah. most cases it is and the company is almost counting on the fact that you're going to feel that pressure, that you're not going to inform yourself. And because of that, uh, you're going to end up losing and accepting a lot less than what you wrote. So don't sign. But that, that applies to, to other documents. Any document that your employer wants you to sign, be weary. An employer doesn't just w- wake up one day and say, hey, wouldn't it be nice to have John Scholes sign this document? It doesn't happen that way. There's a good reason why they're asking you to sign the document. And usually that reason is not good for you. That, that document may limit future entitlements, may give the company powers that it would not otherwise have. So if you've been asked to sign a document, call me. Let me review it. Let me tell you what it says, what it means, and what happens if you sign it, and what happens if you don't sign it. Right. But if you just blindly sign it, you're going to be stuck with it in many cases. And later on, when you realize that that was a mistake, it may be too late to do anything about it. So in a practical sense, if someone is listening to this and saying, you know, maybe today they go in, they get a, you know, some sort of offer in front of them, whether it's to sign a new employment agreement or they're being like, oh, they got a severance offer. How do they handle that with the employer? Just say, thanks, but I'm going to take a bit of a breather here. I know yeah. they want you to sign it now, but I'm, I'm good. Yeah. I'm going to take some time to review it and consider right. it and come back to you with any questions that I have. And that's it. And, and if the company says, no, no, we need you to sign it right now, then you know for sure right. that that document is going to be a big problem for you. And that's even more reason to say no. You cannot be punished for not signing. You cannot be disciplined or let go for cause because you did not sign a document. No. So you don't have anything to worry about. Take the time that you need to understand it, to review it, to get some advice, and to ask questions if you have them. You cannot be you cannot be pressured into signing a document that you haven't had the opportunity to properly review and consider. So the fear of, even if it's actually vocalized to you verbally, and they say, you know, sign this or else the offer is no good or drops by 50%, that's not true. Oh, gosh. No, that, that means nothing. Right. You're... you're your legal rights are what they are. The company doesn't get to decide when your rights change. That's a pressure tactic. It's an obvious pressure tactic. Don't ever fall for it. The 10th of 10 commandments when it comes to termination of employment, thou shall use severance calculator. Yeah. There's a reason why we created the, uh, the severance pay calculator. So again, severancepaycalculator.com because it's the easiest, it's the fastest way to find out how much you're owed. You may have been let go Friday at five and maybe you call me at the office and I've already left for the day so I can't talk to you. So you don't need to worry about it. Go to severancepaycalculator.com and then you can find out on your own in seconds whether that offer is good that they've made you, whether that offer is bad and how much, you, how much else you're owed. So very simple to use, it's free, it's anonymous. 
which means, John, there's just no excuse not to use it. Mm-hmm. If you know about the severancepaycalculator.com website and you don't use it, well, that's on you at that point. At that point, unfortunately, you're, you're going to be walking away from entitlements. So the last commandment, but just as important, maybe even more important than the other ones, inform yourself about your rights if you lose your job. The easiest, fastest way to do that, severancepaycalculator.com. And next up at that point, one 821 5900 and help at employmenthour.com. We get emails all the time. In fact, we've had some during the show. Uh, people asking you about workplace harassment. This is in the last couple of years, especially. Well, not every, everywhere, basically. Toronto, uh, Canada, the U.S. Um, it's been a big issue. So how does the law define workplace harassment? So the law actually defines workplace harassment quite broadly. So it's really any conduct that would be objectively considered as being unwelcome. So conduct towards you, behavior towards you in the workplace that objectively looked at it from, uh, from the outside objectively would be considered to be unwelcome. That, that's very broad if you think about it. That could be I don't know, anywhere from name calling to putting you down to excluding you from uh, important meetings to uh, berating you, to yelling at you. Hmm. All those things would be considered unwelcome. It's not something that most people would say is a good thing. So those types of conducts that are unwelcome, the law considers harassment, and that's unacceptable. Okay? How common is it? It's very common. And, yeah. and you know, there's a recent study that said that more than 50% of employees have been, at some point, victims of workplace harassment. That means more than 50%, so essentially most employees, at some point in the course of their employment, have been uh, harassed. And it's not just a, a, a woman thing or a man thing. It, it applies to both men and women. Okay, I, I've spoken with hundreds of men over the years that have been uh, workplace uh, victims of workplace harassment. It's a common issue, and it's a situation that's unacceptable. And that's the 50% that they've actually discovered or come forward. There's so many more that just... I assure you, yeah. It's they suck probably it up. much higher. Yeah. And I was talking about that with one of my colleagues, uh, Chantel, in the office uh, just earlier this week. That percentage is probably much closer to 75% because a lot of people are not going to say anything about it. So, yeah, most of us at some point would have experienced workplace harassment. What would be a typical situation? That might surprise people. Yeah, well, a typical situation would be simply a boss treating an employee badly, uh, putting them down, not treating them with uh, respect, not uh, uh, acknowledging them properly, not supporting them as a boss is supposed to do. And those are very common situations, and it's not acceptable. You know, you should expect some civility and professionalism in the workplace. doesn't matter if you work in a, a garage, on the shop floor, or in an office. Same rules apply. You should ex- be expected to, to, to be treated properly. So a boss mistreating someone, you know, I'm not even talking about extreme situations where you know, it's sexual harassment. I'm talking about simply inappropriate, unprofessional behavior. That is very common, and that is also workplace harassment. One of the, shock, one of the shocking ones you mentioned just quickly at one of your bullet points was not being included in important meetings. Nobody, I, I've done this show long enough with you, I know, but most people would not connect that with harassment. They would not put it under that banner. Yeah, being excluded, being ostracized yeah. in, the, in that way. Yeah, that is workplace harassment. If you if you are deliberately excluded from things that you otherwise were in the past included yeah. in or should be included in, and others are included, then you're you're, you're ostracized. It's, you know, kind of like back at school. You know, mm-hmm. uh, the, the 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 kids won't play with me. I mean, I'm, I'm simplifying here, but that's still inappropriate. You know, if you're excluded and ostracized, that is a form of workplace harassment. That's inappropriate behavior. That's not something that's acceptable. It's not something anyone should tolerate. We're gonna keep it. Going. But we'll take a short break. In the meantime, a chance for you to reach out, 1-855-821-5900 and help at employmenthour.com. More of the Employment Hour is on the way right here on Global News Radio.
1-855-821-5900 and help at employmenthour.com to reach out through email. You can also check out severancepaycalculator.com, a chance for you to find out exactly what you should be owed as far as severance is concerned. Do not sign anything first. Go there first. There's contact at the bottom or you can simply get the information and uh, click off and walk away with uh, being being the brighter for the entire thing. We're talking about uh, workplace harassment here. You touched on, you know, men, women, doesn't matter. Is it more common with men or women or is there a difference or have things changed in the last 15 years? You know, I, I mean, I, I would say that, you know, if I had to actually count that, it's probably still a bit more common uh, with women. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, it, it's more common for, for men to be the ones that are doing the harassing. Uh, and, and of course, that, that's unacceptable and that there, there's shades of, she- of sexual harassment at that point. But, I, but despite what I just said, it's still quite common with men as well. It's no longer just a, a, an issue that women are dealing with in the workplace. Men are dealing with either being harassed, mistreated by other men in the workplace or even by women, especially you know, women in position of power. So, so that is a common thing for both men and women. And the law doesn't discriminate in that sense. If you've been harassed in the workplace, it doesn't matter if you're a man or woman, the law is going to say, no, that's wrong. You should not have to suffer that. I bet you the uh, the numbers again could be skewed a little more, you know, and not in favor of the men, but there could be more that you don't know about because we're guys. We're not going to come forward. We're not, you know, we're not weak. We don't want to appear weak, so we're going to suck it up. Yeah, which is I, you, you should. Right? You absolutely you shouldn't have to suck it right. up because it, the problem doesn't go away on its own. Right. Okay. It doesn't solve itself. Uh, so I, I I couldn't agree more that there's probably a lot more uh, men out there that uh, don't want to say anything about it. They feel mm-hmm. that maybe they're going to be seen as weak if they complain about workplace harassment. But that's again that's wrong way to look at it because we're talking about fundamental rights here, and one of the fundamental rights that everyone has is not to work in a workplace that's that's poisoned, yeah. not to be the victims of harassment. So if all you're doing is standing up for your rights, you shouldn't feel bad, you shouldn't feel ashamed about it, uh, you should feel proud, frankly, to stand up for your rights because someone else is the one that's in the wrong, not you. He or she is being harassed at work. Any given example, what do, What are the first steps? What do they do? Well, obviously, in an ideal world, what you would want is you want the problem to get fixed. You'd want the problem to go away. And the way you fix that problem, the way you make it go away is you try to see if you can deal with it internally. You give the company the opportunity or, or the ability to try to get that fixed, to try to get that resolved. So how do you do that? Well, you speak to someone. HR is always good, you know, because it's their job, frankly, to deal with it. Right. Uh, if there's an HR person, you speak to them. If there isn't, you go to an owner, someone senior in the company, you know, maybe the boss's boss, uh, and tell them what's happening. Explain to them in detail what's been happening, who's involved, and ask for their help. Ask them to solve the problem. Because once you do that, the law comes in and says, the company now has to investigate. That company now has to take measures to figure out what actually happened and then to fix that problem. They have to, by law, do that. They can't ignore it. They're not allowed to say, well, that's too bad. That's your problem. That's illegal to do that. Investigate and take measures. So the first step you do, uh, you take if you're a victim of workplace harassment is you try to resolve that internally. Now, if you flip it over, you, you put on your employer lawyer hat on. What, what's the employer's responsibilities at that point? Well, you take it seriously. Okay. Anytime someone complains of workplace harassment, you take it seriously because the law says you have to. You investigate it. And whether it means you do the investigation as the employer or in some situations you bring an outside investigator to to do that. Uh, You investigate it. And once you're convinced that you've figured out what happened, if there's workplace harassment, take steps to fix that problem. That may mean disciplining someone, providing 
training, having new policies in place, maybe letting someone go, maybe separating people that can't be working together. Mm. There's a number of things you can do to fix the problem, but the, it starts with taking it seriously, not ignoring it, not saying, oh, boys will be boys, too bad, that's your problem. Nonsense. It doesn't work that way. You have to take serious measures, take it very seriously, investigate and fix the problem. one 821 5900 The number, by the way, help at employmenthour.com through email. You want to contact Lior anytime, either during the show or afterwards. So, uh, you know, you're an employee and you're a victim of harassment. You can't go to the boss because the boss is the one doing harassing. What happens? Well, yeah. So I, I said the first thing you do is you try to resolve it internally. You try to speak to HR, the boss, etc. Well, if you can't because there's no one to speak to or maybe you've tried and nothing's happened. Well, at that point, it's time to resolve it externally. At that point, you and I need to speak. You need to call me or email me because we may be able now to treat that as a constructive dismissal, get you out of there with compensation. Because, John, think about it. If you're being harassed... If you can't solve the problem, the harassment continues, you've tried to solve it, there's really no other choice here. You have to get out of there. But getting out of there means you get your full compensation. If you don't get out of there, it's going to get worse. It's going to impact your health. You find yourself going on a stress leave. Uh, It's going to impact your family. Bad idea. Let's get out of there. It could be uh, a way of a constructive dismissal. If it's uh, potentially a human rights matter, you may be owed additional compensation as well. So try to resolve it internally. If you can't, let's treat that as a constructive dismissal. But before you quit, you have to talk to me. You know, a lot of people that that work, you know, in the... uh in this city and in this country, for, the, for that matter, work for large companies, and chances are they have a sophisticated, large HR department. They will take serious matters under control. But there's a whole segment of people that work yeah. for mom and pop shops, family businesses. That Those are the ones that are going to get into trouble because there's no one to report to. Yeah, there's no one to report to. And, and the people that, even if there is someone to report to, they don't have the knowledge as to how to deal with it. Right. They don't have the experience right. uh, and the sophistication to deal with that. But the law is still the law. If you can't resolve it internally, if there's no way to resolve it internally, you can treat that as a constructive dismissal. Don't sit on your rights. Don't let things fester and get worse because guess what? They'll get worse. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and you're not going to be better off for it. So let's deal with it. Let's treat that as a constructive dismissal. A poison work environment results in a constructive dismissal. A little bit more in our discussion with harassment is coming up and then we're going to bounce over to some of your emails. You want to send one along, help at employmenthour.com and the phone number, of course, one 821 5900 It's the Employment Hour. It's right here on Global News Radio. The number, 1-855-821-5900. Email is help at employmenthour.com. We'll get to a couple of your emails here in just a couple of minutes as we want to uh, just finish up our chat about uh, workplace harassment. We did talk about this a couple segments ago, uh, not about harassment, but in general, important in this scenario as well to document everything. Yeah, probably even more important than in any other scenario uh. because guess what? The person that's harassing you, once you call them on it or once we treat that as a constructive dismissal, is not going to put their head down in shame and say, yeah, I did it, my bad, right? They're going to say, no, I didn't do it. I don't know what you're talking about. I did everything right. So you, you have to assume that. So if that's the case, what do we do? Well, we need to document things. We need to, to document times, events, dates, people, have a journal, have a log, somewhere where you write down things that have happened. Uh, you know, sending emails to people confirming what happened is a great way to do that. You know, if your boss did something to you, why don't you send them an email saying, you know, this is what happened today and I don't appreciate it. That's a great way to document that. Uh, and, and so document everything that needs to be documented because later on when we have to pursue your legal remedies or we have to pursue a constructive dismissal or a human rights matter, 
having that documentation, having that contemporaneous notes is going to make it so much easier. It's going to give you so much credibility, uh, and the case is going to resolve much quicker. You know, in harassment in the workplace, it's not always because you're a man or because you're a woman or maybe you're timid and you're easily picked on. Sometimes it's a lot more heinous. Sometimes there's questions of ethnicity or, uh, or medical condition. That's why you're being harassed. What happens then? So... If you're not just being harassed, but you're being harassed because of what we call a prohibited ground, you're being harassed because of your age or your ethnicity, as you said, uh, sexual orientation. Well, at that point, it's what we call discriminatory harassment. It's not just regular harassment. It could be also sexual harassment. That's a violation of the Human Rights Code. Mm. So just being harassed because your, your boss is a, is a jerk in itself is not a human rights matter. Being harassed because of one of those prohibited grounds, age, ethnicity, uh, disability, that's even more illegal, if, if, if I can say that. That's a human rights violation. So not only could that be a constructive dismissal, that's also a violation of the human rights code. It entitles you to additional compensation. It's that much more wrong. Let's put it that way. We get a few emails. As mentioned, help at employmenthour.com. Richard, you're up first. Says, uh, I just found out that some new employees my company has hired get more vacation than I do. Can the company do that? Well, the, the short answer is, yeah, they, they can. Uh, the company can give people different vacation as long as they're not being discriminatory. What I mean is if they say to you, well, uh, I'm not going to give you as much vacation because of your age or because uh, uh, of your medical condition. So as long as it's not discriminatory reason, maybe someone did a better job negotiating or mm -hmm. the company right, right. wanted to entice them to join the company so they offer them more vacation. That's not nice. It may be not fair, but it's also not illegal. Company can give people different vacation as long as you get what you're actually owed. If someone else gets more, I think it's a good idea to go talk to the company and say, you know, I understand that Bob is getting four weeks. I only have three weeks. I'd like to do something about that. Nothing wrong with that. Yep. But ultimately, it's not illegal for the company to give different people different amounts of vacation. Again, whether it's for the show or outside of the hours of the show, it is help at employmenthour.com to reach out to Lior with emails. Barry says, my colleagues and I just found out that the company we work for We'll be shutting down at the end of the month. The owner of the company told us, you'll love this, uh, that because there are only five employees, we don't get severance. What if there were six? <laughs> like just five. So is that correct is what Barry is, yeah. what, uh, well, Barry is well, asking. You know, our, our regular uh, listeners are probably shaking their head and, and chuckling right now because they know that's nonsense. It's absolute nonsense. But but it's, you know, it's not a, some sort of a weird email that you just read. I get that type of questions and variations on that question all the time. A lot, of pe a lot of companies believe that because they're a small company, they don't have to pay severance or they mm -hmm. have to pay less severance than a big company. Wrong, wrong, wrong. The size of the company or the size of the company's payroll does not matter. It has no bearing on your full entitlements, okay? Your full entitlements are based on your age, your position, and the length of your employment. So for this person that wrote us the email, him and his colleagues are owed severance. They can go to severancepaycalculator.com. And that severance, by the way, spoiler alert, it's not a week's pay per year service. Mm -hmm or two weeks pay per year of service. It's likely a lot more than that. So they should go there. You listening to us right now, you should go there as well, severancepaycalculator.com. So it's all the same, whether it's you know Joe's Corner Pizza, Pizza Pizza, or Hudson Bay Company. It's all the same thing. All the same. Yeah. Age, position, and length of employment, not the size of the company. We'll get to one more here. Last couple of minutes, Jessica says, I'm the only woman on the uh, shop floor at my company, and I'm constantly put down and subjected to demeaning comments. Uh, I've spoken to my boss and nothing has been done. Do I have no choice but to quit? 
well, well, you may not have a choice to quit, but it's actually not going to be a resignation. It'll right. be a constructive dismissal. Mm-hmm. Obviously, what she's described is a form of harassment, arguably sexual harassment, because she's probably put down because she's a woman and she's working with a bunch of guys. Yep. But again, gone are the days where you can do that. Oh, you know, guys will be guys, boys will be boys. It doesn't work that way. I mean, I don't know that it ever worked that way, but certainly not now. You cannot do that. So if she can show that she's being mistreated, put down, made fun of, whatever you have, uh, whatever you have it, because she's a woman, or frankly, even if it's not because of that, for whatever reason, it's still improper. Okay, she can't be mistreated. We talked about harassment. So that may mean if she can't resolve it, if she's tried to resolve it, she can't. That's a human rights violation. It's a constructive dismissal. So she could potentially leave with severance. Okay, so it's not just a resignation. A resignation is a situation where you leave and you don't get anything. A constructive dismissal is a situation where you leave and you get your full severance. Mm-hmm. That's what this is. That's what she's owed, potentially human rights damages. So she needs to reach out to me as soon as possible and before she does anything. And hopefully Jessica has been documenting this stuff, as we mentioned earlier. Always good to do. Always good to do. And if she hasn't, it's not too late to start, by the way, John. Right. Well, uh, we'll take it from there. You want to reach out. Now that we're done for this particular show, the phone number is easy. It's one 821 5900 Email that we've been uh, referring to the entire show as well, at least the last few segments. Uh, that is help at employmenthour.com and we can't hammer it home strongly enough. You want to find out what your full severance should be anytime. Don't rely on a friend or the uh, labor board. You go to severancepaycalculator.com. Takes about 30 seconds to, uh, to run through the program, get the proper number, uh, at the bottom. And from there you can either reach out or walk away with the knowledge in your head and be all that much brighter for it. Till next time, this has been the employment hour on global news radio.